0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with another UFC prospect watch. I'm really excited to get this one going. I feel like, you know, we're already at June, but it's, you know, a couple of fighters. I really, really am excited to see fight again. And, you know, uh, maybe a little biased, you know, when we really think about it, but you guys can also be the judge of that. You know, being in June already, I thought, you know, looking back at a few of the last months, even with Mark Sean Brady, I don't think there's a guy getting more dark horse, dark horse notoriety terms of a title challenger even looking on Instagram I feel like this is the one guy that especially younger fans are picking up and really starting to boost and I'm excited to see what he accomplishes you know in 2021 and then A bit of a more questionable April, and I think that had more to do with the cancelled bouts. We actually had Shamil Gamzatov sitting at number one, but that guy's had more cancelled bouts in the last little bit than anyone I can really see hasn't fought since 2019. So once that fight got cancelled, Alexander Romanov ended up number one and obviously a little bit of a questionable fight there with Juan Espino, who I think had a great showing and then coming into, um, you know, I felt like in May we looked really good with uh, Demir Magulov. I mean that even though he opened the fights in the prelims I mean he looked like a guy that's very much ready for the main card and that's the beauty of doing these you know even when we look back there's a few guys that we would love to mention on the rankings here but this is all about getting some notoriety for some of the guys you might not know you know we got guys like Chase Hooper, Sumudergi, Timur Valiev, and even Ramazan Emyev you know these are all guys that we would have even ranked already or you know you might already know tons about and so there's no real fun in covering those guys but you know bringing up people that might be forgotten or some of the newer faces that are coming in is probably the best part of all of this and so looking at the coming top 10 you can really start off with the fighter like Laura Procopio you know I think she had a phenomenal showing against Molly McCann good boxer and in that fight it it was a little it was a little surprising right I felt like people thought she was going to get absolutely dummied on the feet but it overall I mean She looked all right on the feet in terms of being able to cover her bases defensively and land some of her own shots. But, you know, as a complete MMA fighter, you know, we picked her in our pick 'em over on Instagram, but. That was a very, very interesting fight to kind of judge her on because I think she took on someone who's been able to see a lot of the you know, tough competition in the UFC and she looked really great. She's going to be taking on Casey O'Neil, who we're going to be getting into a little bit later, not too much later, but I'm really excited to see what Procopio can do because looking at some of the the ways she neutralized Molly McMahon or Molly McCann, it was a, probably my favorite part of her entire game plan, right? I thought that in terms of avoiding that boxing that everybody was preaching about that should be the biggest problem for her i I thought she dealt with it fairly well you know she lost her uh debut to carol rosa and you know carol Rosa, i got a bit of a crush on that her so you know keep that on the dl but very respectable right i I thought that that was one of those things where you look back at her ufc record, and even though she's so new to the sport and has a lot to you know improve if you will even in that one and one she's done enough to kind of merit a lot of credibility especially going into a fight with you know a standout like casey o'neill who's who's kind of lit it up around the world coming into the ufc and you know being able to go two and one against a fighter like casey it would be you know the real boost into maybe even seeing a top 10 top 15 type fighter so i'm excited to see what she can do the girl can take a punch she pushes the pace and that's what makes her so exciting you know you just don't see it in the package, such a sweet-looking girl, but, you know, she can really hang with them. And it's going to be that MMA all-around ability that, you know, helped her beat Molly McCann that's going to help her, you know, carry that over into the uh, Casey O'Neal fight because I think that's going to be a real tough fight for her, but it's also going to be a great test, right? We're going to flip the script right now and go right into number nine, who is Casey O'Neal, you know. We're going to go with her just because especially ranking her above Procopio, it's it's really coming down to the showing that she did have, right? Not only do we know that she trains out of Extreme Couture and Tiger Muay Thai, but it really is, you know, just a culmination of such good striking and then the dominance on the ground. Because everyone is saying that Shayna Dobson should have quite a bit of a advantage going into that fight on the on the on the ground and in the wrestling categories because frankly in the previous fight she pulled off one of the biggest upsets of the year against uh, maria Gapova. but you know coming into this one it, it looked like casey O'Neill was a completely different breed of fighter even in comparison to Gapova, when it comes to all around you know ufc not only mma skill but just presence, right? I thought like that was a very irresponsible style of fight that Agapava fought, whereas with Casey O'Neill, the way she picks her strikes, the way she actually can push the pace, get the fight up against the fence, she's the one that's controlling everything that's happening in there. And against a fighter like Dobson, who now is sitting at a 4-5 and five record, I still think that's such a, you know pat on the back for you in terms of a ufc debut because she really made a name for herself on the dana white uh looking for a fight coming out of the uae where we picked up a lot of great female fighters uh in the european and middle eastern scene so coming in from that you know there's going to be doubts but then she just proved that it's not just the striking that we need to fear but the ground game is there and she did it against someone who's actually been very successful in the fights that she's been able to win so i really enjoyed that the one thing about that fight that is really interesting is how inflated the stats for you know a fighter like uh casey o'neill looks because you know she landed almost seven takedowns in that fight for for at a clip of 66 and that's a big deal to me and she also maintained a six to two striking ratio she was she was absolutely dominant i mean that's the part that kind of scares me for procopio going into this fight but at the same time the way she's able to deal the damage, understand the game plans and, and start to push forward and you know really be able to balance all of that pace, you know, going up against a good boxer. She really figured out what to do there to get that win. And in on the flip side, I I think that she has what it takes to see if she can neutralize some of those really good areas that Casey O'Neill is showing off in and maybe pull off a pretty big upset there. Cause I would be a little surprised to see if uh, Procopio was anything you know, but a a, a small, if not a pretty medium sized underdog, because it's just really tough to see that being even money, if not, you know, in favor of Procopio. So let's see what happens with that one. I think it's gonna be a great fight. You know, at one point we had a one and two or a five and six type of shit. Oh, now we got the nine and 10 showdown between the two ladies here. So best of luck to Lara and Casey, because I think that's gonna be a phenomenal fight and could get pretty violent if it gets to those, you know, second and third rounds. So, keep an eye out for that one and going into number eight now we got alexa Cameron. now this is a guy that was very exciting coming onto the scene right big finisher long likes to throw big powerful kicks he's got the striking down too and i think that you know dana white contender series showing really propelled him into a a pretty good showing against a guy like uh, justin Ledette, who who's considered a veteran of the sport and despite not getting the finish you know it was a good showing of his stand-up skills now flip to his fight against William Knight if there's one thing that everyone wants to give credit to William Knight for is the ability to just not only be the smaller guy in most of his fights but neutralize those types of long strikers for him to be able to dictate exactly when to time those you know clinch moves and going into the fence and pushing it down to the ground I mean he completely neutralized Kamer by the second round and the best part about a guy like William Knight is he can really do work on the ground. So as you're trying to get up, like, I mean, he's really putting it on you and that's gonna tire a big muscular guy like Kamara out, right? So Alexa has, has a lot to think about going into these next few fights. And I think that's where we see that veteran presence come into play, right? As opposed to going crazy and throwing these big, big strikes. I think now after fighting a guy like William Knight, he's gonna have the, you know, self-awareness to be like well i can't push too hard make sure that timing is there to avoid any big takedowns now in his next fight he takes on a guy like nick negu <laughs> i know he's gonna struggle with that negu marianu who's in a romanian fighter and lost his debut to what i consider one of the goats of the sport suffer back so i think that's going to be one where he can at least start showing off his striking again i mean if i'm if i'm uh Nick, I'm definitely looking to take this fight, you know, pretty much in close quarters, clinch type of work against the fence into the ground and test him again in those areas. But I think Cameron is going to really be able to show off some of that striking in this one. And like I said, he was a big finisher going into that Dana White contender series fight, came out with a big win there. And I think that that's kind of the one thing we've noticed that he has to work on, right? Just to kind of keep it on the feet, you know, that defensive wrestling that all these big, big fighters pretty much learned just to keep the fight standing is another area you know maybe you can hop on board with Kevin Holland and and get those things worked out but that's where we're going to see this next fight how good is he at avoiding those areas of the game if Nick is smart enough to take it there but if it's a striking battle expect excitement and I think cameras to be very comfortable in that one jumping right into these next two you know we had two ladies in the beginning now we're actually we're going to have a couple English fighters back to back here so first off we got number seven with jay herbert now what i really liked about his fight against francis francisco trinaldo was the excitement right that was such a back and forth fight in some ways but he was actually dominating i felt like even going into those later rounds he was able to knock him down pretty badly just couldn't get that finish you know trinaldo being the veteran that he is just seems to hang in there as much as he possibly can and he definitely did enough to come away with the finish there. Landed a big shot on Herbert that, you know, even looking bad at his previous career losses, he's only got two and they're both by finish. You Norris know, McKee finished him off in, in Bama. And it's funny to think that those are, might be the only areas where, you know, keeping your hands up, making sure the cardio doesn't allow you to get a bit sloppy. Cause I mean, he trains with guys like, you know, he's good friends with Leon Edwards comes out of a pretty you know big UK camp that's starting to make a you know a mark on the scene here in the UFC so I I think all the things are going right for him and taking on a guy like Francisco Trinaldo is going to be nothing but you know win or lose that's a learning experience right we kind of talked about in some of my previous videos of just how good Francisco Trinaldo has been in his career and for Jay Herbert to get that under his belt so quickly is actually a huge you know feather in the cap for him because it's going to set him up really well for these next fights because Let's not even, you know, question how who might have the toughest fight on this ranking. I mean, it's definitely Jay Herbert with taking on Renato Moicano, who is actually trying to make a, I guess, resurgence of a, of a career in the lightweight division. and. Funny enough, his last fight against, you know, another Demir was, you know, Hadzovich, was actually a crazy good performance and it even ended up so bad because, you know, Demir was expecting a striking game, took him to the ground, finished it, you know, pretty handedly, and there was even some back and forth after the fight, so, and for, you know, Jay Herbert to basically go from Francisco Trinaldo in his debut now to, you know, a guy like uh, Renato Moicano who's now not having to cut weight and make 155, pretty scary stuff, so, I think that jay herbert you know again win or lose is going to be getting some of the best experience you can in in the lightweight division with trinaldo and uh, moicano so you know again if he pulls off a massive win here which i think he should be an underdog that's gonna be a crazy, crazy performance. And it's gonna obviously merit a, a much bigger fight for him. It's kind of insane that that fight is even on a prelim, but we'll get into that a little later on some of my other videos. But Jay Herbert, man, definitely an exciting striker, trains Leon Edwards. I think he's got what it takes to kind of make a mark on the UFC. But when you take it on guys like Francisco Ronaldo and a resurging Renato Moicano, it can probably be a little bit difficult than say for some other fighters. And, you know, we just brought up how it's, gonna be back-to-back english fighters and so here we got mason jones mason jones is a fighter that i got into pretty detailed on some of my other videos so if you want to go check out my preview of uh ufc vegas 28 that's already up now on spotify as well but uh mason jones the mike davis fight what a coming out party right he dominated cage warriors uh arena in the uk came out very very you know hyped i would say from that And and he looked great. I mean, the thing with him is I wish he would keep his hands up a bit more. You know, that art of defense is something that there's certain fighters I just wish would do a bit more of that because I think it would keep them even better in those later rounds because the one thing about him is even the commentators couldn't stop raving about just the heart, the grit, the ability to take damage and push forward. I mean, it was insane. And Mike Davis proved just how good his boxing was. But at the same time, such an experienced guy, Mason Jones put on a performance of his own. And the only thing that really... I would say, you know, we get into more details on this, but he was open a lot more on the left side, and that's something he might want to watch out for in his coming fight because Mike Davis is mostly landing jabs, and he clearly did a bunch of damage on that side of the face, but now you're going to be seeing some power shots from that side and a guy like Alan Patrick, right? I think Mason Jones is going to be a much better striker here if it doesn't get to the ground where he's on his back trying to get up with a guy like Alan Patrick. You know, there should be you know room for him to really show what he can do at the UFC level, and I'm excited to see that because – one thing I can tell you right now is Mason Jones, win or lose, his fights are going to be crazy, crazy exciting. And he pushes a pace that very limited people can keep even when they're taking damage. And that's what makes some of these guys crazy exciting. But again, if I'm going to be keeping the fight standing in the way that he does, I would just love to see a bit more defense in the boxing range, especially because you know Mike Davis was able to kind of land the right shots. Because Mason Jones did a, quite a lot of damage of his own, but. Just Mike Davis looked like he was winning that fight, and that's what I really think swung the fight in his favor. And he and he just looked like such a good boxer. So obviously Mason Jones is going to get a bit of a breather when it comes to the stand up game. Stand up game, I think that Mike Mike in comparison to Allen are just going to be two different you know types of fighters there. But Mason should have the advantage in that area, arena, which should make this a very exciting fight based on what we've just witnessed from him. So keep an eye out for that one. I think in terms of transitions, he should still kind of have you know be able to stay on the feet and keep things kind of moving there he should have a cardio advantage in, in those last few rounds so expect an exciting fight if, if this doesn't end early so I, I think that's a guy to really keep your eye on and we only got him at number six but that takes us right into the top five right I mean Kanako Murata that's got to be our number five she's probably one of the hottest uh I mean rising stars in the uh ufc right now in terms of female contenders and you know in terms of strawweight champion Invicta, in and then transitioning over taking on a, a veteran like randa marcos now the thing about randa marcos even going into that fight you would think that murata was you know coming from that wrestling background and people just didn't know how good it was going to be in that fight and i think she not only for herself but just single-handedly created crazy respect for japanese wrestling especially you know being all around mma fighters coming into the ufc because that was an area where people thought random marcos might have a bit of an advantage right we thought that in terms of people she's fought in terms of the transitioning that she's had to deal with it on the ground on, on the feet and in, in clinch work she just she got overpowered and one of the most impressive things about you know Murata's game there was just the distribution of weight she really understood what to do with every sequence and it's what rendered Marcos pretty much on her back for most of the fight. And the ground and pound damage that she was doing was was really good. You kind of want to see more action from her, but again, we know now that the wrestling is the base and it's very, very effective, which is probably the best part of her game. And we all say it, right? probably the best base to have in MMA is the wrestling. You can learn the rest the stuff as you go, but being able to have that cardio that goes with being a wrestler, top game, being able to get back to your feet from being on the ground, those are the things that we really, really kind of, you know, hold dear to our hearts when it comes to, you know, cherishing that as the base, you know, um, martial art, if you will. So the one thing with Murata is when you look at the loss, we big time, you know, MMA slash, you know, Japanese wrestling, Superstar, and her only two losses were Leslie Smith and misha Tate. She's destroying whatever arena she's in outside the UFC, but that's a pretty big deal, you know. You think you think you think about all the things that you know Murata is going to be able to bring to the table now with her experience. I think this is going to be huge for her. If, if that striking becomes more elite she you know develops more of that athletic approach to the game I think the conditioning uh all those things that kind of now make champions in you know 2020 2021 and beyond that's probably the areas where we're going to see a, a lot more of improvement you know I, I think back to fighters like look boom you know that's another great example where so much skill so much technical prowess and then you know even in terms of you know ring iq you know octagon iq it's it's all there and now it's about you know what do i need to change to get to that very top level and i think she's starting to show that at that strawweight division now funny enough you know verna jandy Roba is going to be her opponent where bjj black belt right so that's an area where which one of these are, are really going to be be able to dominate on the ground i think that you're going to see Murata have some you know clinching ability and being able to get to the fence and maybe even to the ground but that groundwork could be a little bit more active than Miranda Marcos. And I think that's gonna be a beautiful test to see just how good, um, you know, Murata can be on the ground in terms of, you know, keeping her position, transitioning into more opportune positions and even doing more damage on the ground. That's what I wanna see more from, you know, because I think we can assume she's gonna end up on Top position in the for the most part in a lot of her fights if she's successful with her game plan so being a little bit more deadly in that is, is something i'm really looking forward to but i mean i don't think there's a more exciting fighter to, to kind of keep an eye on when it comes to some of the female ranks especially in the strawweight division she's hella exciting looks dominant and you know one fight to go on i, I think that's still pretty good you know <laughs> experience to tag on and like we said a girl like verna jandy roba talk about fights on the ground the only people she's lost were are Carlos Sparza who we are seeing have the best resurgence maybe pound for pound in the UFC 5 and 0 after you know beating Yan who everyone was talking about being you know the next com- uh, the next uh, you know coming of Zhang Wei Li but here we go uh Mackenzie Dern is the next one I mean probably one of the b- best BJJ practitioners in the female rankings if not you know approaching that pound for pound area based on some of the finishes she's pulling off so that's where i'm seeing a lot of the growth from uh, Murata coming into play this is probably the most fight, the, the fighter i've talked about the most right now because you have to really consider just how good she's she's looked the the experience she's gained in her career so far and the fact that now she's going to be able to in just her second ufc fight take on a, a fighter like verna Jandi robo who on the ground is beastly you know that that's the best part about it so get excited for that one I, I don't think there's a better fight in terms of you know underground female MMA fights in the UFC to look forward to i think that's going to be an absolute chess match when it comes to clinch work in the ground and if you enjoy that stuff like i do like i'm sure jeremy does that's going to be fun now the top four i think the next two are personally interchangeable uh i really had a tough time picking between the two but the thing with sean woodson is that he lost so with, with that you know fourth you know discrepancy with number three i, I really think that he deserves to be at number four for now only because that julian arosa fight when you think about just how good he is as a boxer and and how good he is on his feet in general got those beautiful knees and and uppercuts coming down the middle that's an area where you want to see how good he is overall because a guy like julian arosa who's just such a gamer i mean that's the kind of guy that he's got skills everywhere but you got to put him away because if you don't put away a guy like like Julian Rosa, and it's funny I'm talking pretty similarly about a guy like Mason Jones because they're able to keep pushing that pace give them all the damage in the world they seem to you know you know have a, a health bar in video games it seems like there's certain fighters where their health bar the more damage they take they kind of wake up and you, you see growth there it's like a superpower everyone has a little bit of a superpower in in my opinion and that could be the same thing for those brawler styles because that that late submission win for Julian Rosa. I mean he's a personal favorite I was on my feet going crazy I gotta say that to be honest but I love what I see from Sean Woodson on the feet. I think his jab is crisp as hell. He's got great one twos, beautiful combos that involve his legs, and even his work up against the fence. I mean, he's not taken down as much. You know, when you think back to the Botniak fight, that was just the one I touch on him a lot more in a video. So once again, coming into this weekend, if you want to go check out UFC Vegas twenty eight, sorry, videos are going to be up. I think that that's a guy that really is going to shine when it comes to. You know exciting fights because the boxing is just so good i think it's 40 amateur uh boxing fights he's got under his belt so we've seen that in all the times that he's been in the octagon and it's just about wearing from that grappling wrestling background like that's just where you know if you're going to perfect your craft those are the areas he's got to work on and again i was just about to say with the boxing fight, he stuffed like 14 or 15 of 15 or 16 takedowns so literally got taken down once of 15 or 16 times and that's going to build confidence, especially when you're a guy like Woodson, who's consistently working on his game. He trains with guys out in James Krause's camp, the Glory uh, Kickboxing and Fitness, or the Glory Fitness uh, Training Center with with James Krause. And and that's a growing camp, right? That's where Laura Sanko and Julian Marquez and and some of the bigger names are are coming out. So I really like what we're seeing from Sean Woodson. I think that he's in the perfect place for him to really work on, you know, the transitioning from the clinches and getting back to his feet and staying off the fence, all that stuff because if the fight stays in the middle and he's able to fight long i think it's a dangerous fight for absolutely anybody and you know if you can't put guys like julian arosa away that's another thing to kind of keep in mind be mindful and and disciplined with some of that clinch and groundwork, where you could probably get trapped in a submission if you're not too careful but outside of that one slip up i mean the guy's an absolute beast and again keep an eye out for that boxing because it might it might be you know shaking some heads come the next six to 12 months and uh with a big win this 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 coming weekend i think it's going to be you know one of the guys to keep an eye on overall in that weight class and that takes us right into the next one right top three here we go jordan levitt jordan levitt's one of those guys where I you know i just don't keep preaching about how funny his uh, topology picture is and gangster that looks but you know he's he's a real calm cool collected type of fighter right the monkey king himself i mean he really does remind me of a monk uh, again we get into him in quite a lot of detail ufc vegas 28 videos go check them out on the suki mma page but i really do think that this is a guy that he's gonna have to face that really tough competition and and being able to see just how good he's especially in the early rounds because the one thing that i did see in terms of just Overall experience, you know, getting into those later rounds, that's where he's probably going to get tested the most. You know, he seems to do a lot of great work in the first and second rounds, but if you're a fighter that can avoid some of that damage and and take it to that third round, funny enough, going into his opponent, he's that type of fighter, right? He's the kind of guy that takes crazy amounts of damage. You know, in uh, uh, Poyas, he's he's an absolute beast. You know, in the third rounds blocks up submissions absolutely out of nowhere after taking so much damage. So it's going to be a beautiful test for Jordan Levitt. I do think that he's 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 going to be better on the feet. So he has the advantage on the feet and he has a ground game that he's so confident in where I think that in this case, unless he notices that he's not being as successful as he wants to be on the feet, he can then choose to take it on the ground and just see how good Poise's, uh ground game is. But all in all, you know, this is, I guess, considered... Jordan Levitt's fight to lose but again Poise pues is such a you know young prospect in the UFC who hasn't just fought that much so there's a lot of opposites with these two but I mean in terms of getting that big win I think both guys have an opportunity here to really showcase something big because if Poyas pues is able to slow down a guy like Jordan Levitt who's looking so exciting and even personality wise like these are the guys that tend to get the right fights because he can showcase skill and personality at the same time so you know I think he's the kind of guy everybody wants to root for but has the opportunity you know spoiler there And again if this fight does go to the ground i think that's where jordan levitt's going to be able to test just how good his grappling and submission game really is but on the feet let's see how good that's been getting very late to mma I think that's what makes him you know a question mark across the board but his performances so far especially having fought in the ufc already is what makes him you know such a fun and highly touted prospect going into the month so we're gonna keep him at number three and hope that you know he he maintains a pretty good showing for us but going into numbers one and two i mean number two and number one probably over one number one is one of my favorite fighters that are coming out of nowhere here we'll get into him so- shortly but number two Tegir Ulanbekov. ulan back i mean there's there isn't a flyweight that's just like on the cusp of really proving something than him i mean this is another dagestani trained by obdum Uh Nurmagomedov. I, I, you know th- these guys are the ones we get excited to see all the time right the little khabibs and for me he's like one or two fights away from really starting to see some of the big boys in the flyweight division right he's he, he he's coming out of uh you know guerrilla fighting as their undisputed uh flyweight champion he actually won it and defended it a few times before coming into the ufc and already beaten guys like bruno silva but go even before that he actually fought, fought one of my other favorite fighters here but zumagulov zalga Gulov. i mean that fight That's his only loss on his record but if you go watch that fight that fight is actually available on youtube so by all means feel free to go and watch that entire fight but i would be shocked if that fight was in the ufc if it did not go ulan bekov's way because i was really surprised to see that the judges in a majority decision gave it to Zalgas and Mogulov who then became you know the champion of that of that organization so funny enough you know Ulaanbakov went from what could have been a championship win in one organization to then literally the next fight after fighting Zalgas was for the Gorilla FC belt which he then defended a few times and now is coming into the UFC so I don't think there's a guy to get more excited about. This is going to be one of those, you know, little Islam, uh, Makachev's, little Khabib Nurmagomedov's. I think that's like the key to the puzzle there from the lower weight classes because he just looks hell exciting. The boxing's there. And obviously we know that these guys love to wrestle. They have that background in it, but great jab. Little things like that, right? We've seen them all kind of showcase those skills and I think that's what makes it the most fun in terms of just seeing how good they're becoming in terms of boxing and wrestling because we always just used to hear about the Dagestani wrestlers but man some of the striking and boxing is just looking so good and again that's coming right from the Khabib you know man himself I I really do think he, he has you know a pretty good chance of winning his next fight i don't think that you know we can even count that one loss as a loss and if the ufc is willing to book that rematch what a great fight that would be but i think i think Zhumagulov has some of his own you know issues to work out in terms of you know his his current ufc record and things like that but Look out for Ulam to to really take things by storm in 2021. I think the flyweight division itself is just on such a rise with guys like Brandon Royval, Brandon Marino, who I've been preaching about for so long. And I'm so happy that he's about to get that rematch because, man, I thought people were just counting him out. Vegas odds on that fight. I don't think there's a fight that stands worse in my head because it's not like you can just bet him and hope that he wins, but like, That was very very one-sided in my opinion and i just think that wow you have not watched brandon marino fight so with that said flyweight division is basically on fire right now guys like tagiro and are on the rise in the division so i'm really excited to see what he can do come you know end of june and beyond because i don't think there's a guy that you want to keep your eye on if you're a big khabib fan and love those dagestani wrestlers now i think that's enough about tagir you can go watch that uh, Zalgas fight if, if you know if that's up your alley because I think he won that fight. Now for number one, Shavkat Rachmanov. I mean, anytime he comes up. I'm going crazy, you know. I am definitely falling for this man. I think he's a phenomenal fighter, exciting. I'm gonna say that it's a little biased because even when I watch him fight, not only does it always look like that Japanese type of uh, arena and things like that, but man, the guy just reminds me so much of Kazushi Sakuraba. And I'm gonna say it every time he comes up, but you know, the way he fights, he's just gritty and violent and, and willing to take it anywhere. Like if you think about the fight, you know, against Cowboy Oliveira. He was getting hit, you know, but he kept pushing forward. I think he had a lot of confidence when it got technical. He was willing to take anything that Cowboy threw. I don't think he was, you know, phased by any of it. And then that knee to the body that he threw up against the fence. Oh, you know, it's so interesting to see how good striking can be for certain people when it looks like they're brawling but then they land the most perfect technical shot in the moment, you know? It's like when you think about a batter in baseball having to actually decide where the hell he wants to hit the ball when it's coming at 99 miles per hour in a fastball. So it's little things like that. How quick the brain needs to be to do that because I think that that fight would have been hella competitive maybe one of Shavkat's toughest fights to date. You know, he also was coming into the UFC as an ex-champion. And I mean, I think in that fight, if he did not have that presence of mind to land such a big shot, who knows how tough that fight would have been. But you can't say that because literally, knee to the body, cowboy looks hurt from from, from, from that point on, and you know him, right? He's just gonna keep giving it his all if, if he can stand. And, but slowly but surely, it around, Tries to go for a takedown up against the cage, and Shafkat just grabs the neck and locks up a stick. Well, it wasn't a standing guillotine. He actually locks it up while he's standing, and then drops to you know into his guard and locks it in so clean. I mean, it was beautiful, and that's why you know, I gotta say, for a guy that not only reminds me of probably my goat uh, in terms of all fighters of all time, that's that's uh that's a very interesting uh, fighter to keep an eye on. You know, training out of Sanford MMA now. And you know, he's like really good friends with Raphael Fiziev. who, you know, if you're an Instagram guy, there isn't a better fighter to follow than Raphael Fiziev. If you love these Russian fighters and actually want someone that's speaking English regularly and making jokes regularly. And I mean, right now he's actually pranking Shevkat Rachmanov quite a bit. So go check those boys out because I don't think there's two guys that are more deadly in the octagon, but also seem to be hella fun to keep an eye on. And... Like I said, training out of Sanford MMA, it's a big move for the both of them. I think that if there's any two fighters to keep your on, it's those two guys coming out of the Sanford and really representing a huge crop of not just the Dagestani type of fighters, but just Russian, Kazakhstan, all these different places. You know, it's it's a huge influx, and they're they're deadly, man. They they're just good everywhere, and they just don't seem afraid of any type of fight. Peter Jan, my God, I, I can watch that guy fight for hours. Uh, same reasons, right? So. That's the top ten. We ended off with Shafkat Rachmanov. You know, going through this list, I don't think I've been more excited about a top two fight. I mean, I'm crossing my fingers, right? Like I don't want the Olentz Bekov or the Rachmanov fight to, you know, be dropped for any reason. But then we go down the list. You know, Woodson, such a great striker. You know, if he's able to keep the fight standing and land at will, just violence. That that's gonna be bloody as hell. Jordan Levitt, calm, cool, collected man, coming in at number three. I think those two are definitely interchangeable, but. Three ladies on this on this card. Two of them fighting each other. That's gonna be the most exciting, right? Murata, let's see what she can do against the girl like Verna, who's definitely gonna test that 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 grappling with her BJJ black belt. But you know, two two guys from the UK with Jay Herbert and Mason Jones. You know, best of luck to both of them. And last and certainly not least, you know, Casey Casey O'Neill and and uh, Lara uh, Procopio. I think those are gonna be the two girls that really. You know, with a big win, are going to be able to get probably into that top 15 because it seems like we need some fresh faces just to get excited about. It. And I know for sure that Casey O'Neill is someone they're trying to get pretty high on. So that's the 10 for June. I mean, let's hope that it stands pretty good as opposed to maybe what happened in April. But always a pleasure. Till next month, looking forward to it. Peace.